This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and tonight it's just Sam Heskiff with me as we build you up to Leicester City's trip to Sellhurst where Palace will be looking to take advantage of the Foxes' mixed early season form. Um, Heskiff, Albert is missing MIA because of a power cut in his house. Yeah, and he, he did the unfortunate thing of sending a message to... Uh, the butler? Well, to the butler, yeah, I was going to say. I don't know what kind of help he calls them. Uh, but he sent the message to us by mistake. So we've seen the real the real Albert, the real master of the house, uh, showed his true colours. So um, I hope everyone who is employed in the Curly Mansion is uh, is having a nice evening. <laughs> yes, um, I hear the servant's wings can be very um, dark and dingy at times. There's been a, there's been a power cut in their wing because he's had enough of them. They just have to sleep in the little tunnel that he has under the ground that goes straight into Rickerish Road. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, my throat is really raspy, so let's um, do some of this. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I don't know why that thing's on loop. It's like changed. It used to, it used to just play once. Now it plays on loop. I'm just trying to stop it. So after last week's shit beer which was shit and people on twitter have been talking about how shit it was as well <laughs> so i know i'm not alone i've gone big with uh, a day this week steady rolling man parallel like this brewery does never disappoint so Is looking it, forward to it what 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 the the hints of flavor uh hang on i'm just pouring it out it's um what we got on here what's the word steady rolling man our parallel Inspired by the ridiculously tasty hoppy beers we fell for, we got brewing our own versions over and over again while listening to the blues greats. <laughs> the heady concoction of old-time blues records and juicy American hops transfixed us from the start, and a steady rolling man was born in these sessions. Incredibly soft and delicate with intense tropical fruit, hop aromatics, and saturation, <laughs> this is our vision of the perfect parallel. Wow. So... I mean, I hope you enjoy it after that build-up. <laughs> it sounds amazing. For, for people who obviously can't see you at the moment, you do have a big grin on your face. 
I'm buzzing. That beer is always incredible. Uh, right, here goes. Yeah, perfection. It is. Yeah. They did not lie. The blurb did not lie. The perfect pal now. Um, I mean, I what are you drinking? <laughs> I, I can't compete. I can't compete with that description. I'm drinking a little red striped stubby as per. Uh, and this just says, uh, since 1928, Red Stripe has embodied the spirit, rhythm, and pulse of Jamaica and its people. Bang. Perfect. Concise. To the point. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, we tasked Albert weeks ago with doing the beer blurbs for players who play for both clubs, and he's just like, you know, knocked it up in a second last week and, and gone for Glenn Murray, which I thought was bang out of order. And and this week he's off with a power cut. Ain't even done one. So I've done I've done one. However, right. So you ready? Playing, we're playing Leicester. So yeah. obviously it has to be a player that's played for both clubs. So who have you gone for? Well, I've gone for Jeff Schlupp. Um, there was a lot of lot of interesting options on this one. Um, we could have had Adi Akinbaye would have been a good option. Very good. Um, good. Yeah, lots of material there. I think to go for. Um, less so players like Ryan McGiven. <laughs> yeah, really niche one there. What was he yeah. left left back for about six games, wasn't he? He actually did all right, didn't he? Wasn't that bad? Yeah, yeah, he was all right. Um, my immediate thought was, for some reason, Paul Dickov. Mm. So it was my second choice, Paul Dickov, because yeah. well, because of the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, James Scowcroft nearly got a go. Oh. But I couldn't because it's because of personal information I know about him. <laughs> I thought I'd just leave that alone. <laughs> Hopefully, this is not another Stephen Everson conversation. <laughs> no, no, it's not not quite Stephen Everson levels. But um, I just didn't go there. So I've gone for Jeffrey Schlupp. All right. Um, although I haven't named it, so you can name it after this. I just realised I haven't named it. So you can name it after the blurb. Okay. A German vice beer with a Ghanaian noni fruit twist. This one of a kind beer is running away from the competition. Whether schlucked with curry versed or fufu, this diverse beer will never sour your kraut. <laughs> Very good. It's a beer for attacking the day, drinking in the middle of the park with friends, and one you'll always fall back on. God, that's actually legitimately quite good. That's a nice. I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping to be able to give you some stick, but that's, that's actually quite good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, this is where you need Albert to to rinse yeah. it for, for something. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even sure what noni fruit is. I've never had it before. Um, I've had fufu before, but not noni fruit. But um, apparently, synonymous with Ghana. Great. Um, hmm. I must admit to. Uh, not being Ghanaian, so I know come as a shock to most people listening. But um, well, I'm sure it's delicious. Um, and now you put me on the spot to think of a name, and I was going to say sup on schlup, but you put a schlurp in in the description, so I feel like I've already been I've already been toppled. Uh, well, we can p- perhaps ask listeners to come back with a name for it on. Um... Yeah, if you're listening, tweet uh, tweet us at Back of the Nest and tell us what what the Jeffrey Schlupp beer should be called. Uh, we're going to kick off this week with uh, something you've brought up. Getafe are on Mission yeah. Crystal Palace, apparently. 
Yeah, uh, I am. I do have to admit that I'm going off what some people reply to the tweet because uh, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, well, I've so translated I'm... it. There's a very handy button on Twitter that says translate tweet. I don't have time for that. It I'm says good. we have a mission. <laughs> together, with, together with you, we will achieve it. You did it, CPFC. Now it's time for us. So that's quite good. A little bit mysterious, I suppose, unless you know that Tafe are doing pretty horribly in La Liga. Uh, essentially, they've lost their first seven games of the season. So they're already doing a palace, which is good. Um, but I think they're taking, they're taking inspiration from us uh, losing seven games and staying up. Um, mm. Obviously, the only problem with that is we have to let them know that Roy Hodgson is still available. So... Maybe he'll need to go and uh, hang out in Getafe. But it feels strange because obviously Getafe is Vicente Guaita's, um last club. That's who we signed him from. Yep. Um, they did all right last season. I'm sure like the last couple of seasons they've been doing all right. I was very shocked when you said this to see it. But yeah, they, have I... sc- they have scored two goals, so they're not oh, that good. dreadful. <laughs> yeah, I, in my head they're like a sort of underdog... Uh, punching above their weight but always doing all right um i'm just as we speak on their wikipedia and apparently they finished 15th out of 20 last year so not quite. Oh, it, was a, so it was a season before they were definitely up and about the european places for the whole season i'm sure they were so it, yeah it just surprised me but i've just less and less with each passing season pay attention to the league to be honest and um yeah t- t- Take a look at what's Barcelona in six or something at the moment, aren't they? It's like who, who falling have, apart. Who, who would have thought Ronald Koeman as manager would have been a bad move, eh? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's some people who would have said they would have liked him at Palace at some point. But, um... God, I'm sure. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe Royal go Barcelona. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, shore up the defence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've lost their first two European games 3-0, haven't they? I mean, understandable to... Uh, Munich, they can beat anyone at any given point, but three 0 to Benfica is a bit of a, a shock for Barcelona standards. But yeah, not looking good. They're just they're not the best team that play in red and blue anymore, are they? So <laughs> no, it's um, that's AFC Richmond from the program Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you watched it? I do watch it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I uh, yeah me and me and the missus have binged it all over the last week um shocked how much i enjoyed it it's, it's gen- genuinely really good um, i think a, lo- a lot of it when we started watching it i was just ready to be like oh americans don't know anything about football this is ridiculous yeah. but it's so like upbeat without being annoying you know what i mm. mean and it's always good to see celeste in it even if it's richmond's ground or whatever the great um, the great the great the greyhound track the greyhound track yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, Nelson, was it called Nelson Road? Nelson Road, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I mean, it was. Um, there's a cu- there's a couple of bits of just annoying things. I'm so I'm so miserable. I'm a bit like you, just always like instead of enjoying, I enjoyed ninety eight percent of it. But Roy Kent going on his big rant about why everything's crap, and then calling changing rooms locker rooms really bugged me because in, <laughs> yeah. in the same episode he was correcting them for saying zero zero and telling them it should be nil nil yeah yeah <laughs> but other than that like, <laughs> i really enjoyed the show i mean i'm assuming roy kent's right based on roy Keane, right it's, Fuck, I didn't did, did you not that. think yeah, that it probably is yeah yeah i mean i couldn't 
I know. Well, anyway, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, highly recommend it. Very, very good show. Um, not just because Sellers Park's in it all the time and things like that, but it's just generally like heartfelt. It's a night, just an yeah. all around nice show, isn't it? And like tackles a lot of prominent issues as well. It does, and it's wholesome, which normally wouldn't be my thing at all because obviously I'm miserable and hate everything. Yeah, wholesome whilst trying to carry kind of dark undertones it's really yeah. it's really clever how it does that um this is the back of ns tv preview show now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh right um I, I don't know what what else what else have we got i want to talk about falling in love with lone players because <laughs> i think i think some people are far gone already with conor gallagher and understandable because the guy's just he it's just palace written all over him but with this added extra level of quality that we've not <laughs> yeah. been used so it's kind of like it you know that the first time you saw Johan Gabay play for palace and you then realized that he actually runs all over the park and puts himself about you just wow this is what we love for in a palace player but he's actually got quality to him and it's the same with Gallagher oh um, yeah 100 percent. I, th- I think as well when when we were being linked with him again over the summer I was like yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm all right to get him in. I probably don't. I'm not. I don't seem to be as excited as some other people. Um, and my West Brom mate was like, "Yeah, he's good." And I think this is because Allardyce had him playing, obviously, a bit more of a sort of stopper than anything. Um, but I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't like massively excited. I thought good to get a younger player in. But I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of these people that's in love with the lone player already. Um, I mean, so many times during the game on Monday when he was like hairing down on the goalie, hairing down on the centre half, so I was just like, "Fuck, he's so good." I just love him. Like, especially like, two or three times, he sort of got so close to the goalie that he was like sliding in and almost got the ball. Mm. And you're, yeah, like, that like, one when he forced to kick him into kick it into touch. It yeah, was, yeah, it's just, it's just brilliant. And and yeah, like you say, it, it's sort of he he's so dynamic a player. And I think as Palace fans, you like players who put a shift in. You know, every, everyone likes James McArthur. Not that he's not a good player, but you like him because he's sort of running around everywhere. And Gallagher's like that, younger, has, you know, he's already scored goals. So winning his second fan voted player of the month uh, wasn't really a, a massive shock either, was it? No. I mean, um, before we carry on with loan players, James McArthur's got a bit niggly with that captain's armband isn't he he's like he's taking it very seriously and kicking off quite a lot <laughs> yeah my uh, my favorite bit in the in the game to do with that was when the ball was kicked out because one of their players was injured the guy that the sub who got subbed and normally you just give the ball back to him but MacArthur like really heavily told uh, Mitchell to throw it to him and then punted it off for a goal kick because <laughs> yeah. he was facing the Homesdale as he did it the face that he made was just like fucking get on with like he looked so angry when he did it yeah just, Shane Duffy oh. was well pissed off with that as well wasn't he I yeah. mean if it, if he the only thing that could have made it truly better was if he put it out for a throw by the corner flag and then we, <laughs> yeah. and, and and we then boxed him in yeah that would have been absolutely <laughs> brilliant um <laughs> but yeah, like, like you say, I mean, Jimmy's great anyway, but he just, he really does seem to be even more, even more of an on-pitch leader than normal at the moment, which is great. Mm. Yeah, and he's, he's he is excellent. A, fr- a friend of mine who started coming this season for the first time, got a season ticket. Um, 
it just it's, so I, I didn't believe I, I didn't know he had this in his locker like I just didn't know he could play this style of football and it's just like well Roy's just used him differently he's always been um, a player that can do a lot like he's not he's certainly not one dimensional and um, yeah I think he's been doing really really well in there but falling in love with Roman players what about in the past which ones in the past have you been sad that we never managed to keep uh well one of the first loan players that we had that i really liked long time ago was paul stewart Mm. um he didn't play for us for that long really and i think he might have got injured during his loan spell but he came in he was absolutely brilliant in the early 90s um another one that springs to mind is kenny brown Uh, (laughs) i know that friend of the show carl davies will like that because he's always talking about him um what other loan play? We've had so many. We did go for a period under Warnock in, in the 2000s where we had ab- about 73 loan players in the squad. <laughs> loads of centre-backs. I just remember um, loads of centre-backs. Yeah. Paul, Paul McShane, Andrew Paul Davies. McShane. Yeah. Like sort of just people like that. Um, I mean, Paul, talking of Paul McShane scored a winner against Palace for Brighton in the mid-2000s and yep. seemed to win most Palace fans over during his loan spell. Um just for wearing his heart on his sleeve in that sense. I remember uh, that goal he scored for Brighton was in the centenary year. Mm. And my mum came to that game and I banned her from Selhurst for like 10 years. Cause I couldn't, <laughs> I was Made the right decision. Yeah. And then she's come back since and seen us win. So it's fine. Mm. The, the hoodoo is over. And then of course, um, Ashley Cole was... Um... Oh, of course. How did I forget Ashley Cole? Yeah, scoring scoring that, that goal in that game against Blackburn. Um, yeah, we were never keeping him though. <laughs> no. England's leading was it leading all time appearances, most most FA Cup wins. Like he's pretty much all, done it all, all. because Chat. of us. That's what we're yeah. saying. So, yeah. so obviously, Gallagher keeping Gallagher is going to be tough. But if Chelsea said. 25 30 million now would you pay it well i just i mean i would and i think most palace fans would say they would and i'm sure palace would but it's it's he's made it very clear that he wants to get a place in the chelsea team maybe just maybe him seeing that he's only rated as 74 on fifa <laughs> might um bring him down a notch now if you haven't seen this the palace official youtube channel has released the video i'm sure it's on palace tv as well with wilf edouard um eze and gallagher talking about their fifa ratings um i, I haven't played fifa for quite a few years now is just no no idea if they're any good or not these days but um <clears throat> it was good banter of them having a bit of good old laugh about it wasn't it yeah it was great it's another one of these. I mean, I feel like I'm being very wholesome at the moment. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was great to watch a video from like the training ground where all the players just look like they're having fun. They're all in a good mood. Um, you know, at the end of the video, you've got Patrick Vieira leaning out the window asking Wilf and Eze what their overall rating is. Um, it just seems to be a really like happy environment for them to be training and playing in, which is great. And, yeah, if you haven't if you haven't watched a video by the time you listen to this, make sure you do because it is really funny. Um, well, I mean, Vieira sticks his head out the window and asks Will for what his card rating is. 
uh, to which the answer is 82. <laughs> but he then goes silent and Will starts going, so you can't say anything, it's a good card. I wonder if Patrick Vieira knows he has an icon card that is rated at 91. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's one of the best cards in the game just because he's massively physical, tall, and got decent pace and yeah, yeah can pretty much do everything. Um, well, at least from a few years back when I played the game. I wonder if he knows that. He should have just been lording it out, held out, held out his icon card out the window. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that, maybe FIFA will see that video and get get an icon card sent over. Um, but yeah, good, good, good video. Go and have a look out for that. Um, do you know what? I've slotted that into the um, the running order there because I hadn't had it written down and it's ruined my segue into the next section. So I was going to go from falling in love with lone players to the fallout from Brighton, but ruined it. It's gone. But there you go. But there is a lot of fallout from from the Brighton game, as you would expect. Now, first, it's it's come out today that Brighton's Brighton's stars, apparently, although I didn't realize they had any stars, to be honest. Uh, That's actually unfair. Trossard's really fucking good. But from him aside, uh, they were spat on, had drinks thrown at them and stuff in the corner of the Homesdale is what they're alleging. Um, it probably doesn't need to be alleged because there was cameras everywhere. So if it's, if it's happened, it's going to be very easy to prove, I, I imagine. But this is, I don't know about you, this is where I feel like I need to be better as a human being because I think they fucking deserved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to what he's going to say. Yeah, they absolutely deserved it. Um <laughs> Yeah. They didn't. They didn't celebrate like that when Knockout got the winner at Sellers in the last minute that time. No, where, where, uh-huh. so I just understand where this is so disrespectful and classless. Like, yeah, go nuts. Got no problem with Mope again giving it all like cup in his ears. That's that's absolutely fine. Then run and celebrate in front of your fans. Mm. But Duffy jumping up and down in front of the Homesdale is just embarrassing. Like Lewis Dunk sprinting to the other end of the field and almost jumping in the White Horse. Yeah. Like, you do it with you know have your cup in and your your ears and do that and then have your celebration in the corner with your fans and then that doesn't happen at the end you don't you don't get yeah. treated like that and that's the thing like you know wilf went over to their fans when he scored because he has come under so much personal abuse every single time he plays against them but i don't but i don't even, I don't even think what wilf's done is that bad? It's no different to what Mope's doing. I'm fine no. with that. Look, yeah. cup, cup your ears and give it to him. They would expect that. It's, but he hasn't done anything. There's not like the other 10 players running over and all giving it to him or anything like that. And it's never been like that. Palace have never done that in in recent years, no. in recent memory. And that's that's the thing. If you look, <laughs> like D- Duffy ran the length of the pitch to come to the Homesdale, like you say, rather than celebrating with his fans when he hadn't had like personal jip off us. Like, I don't like him. Obviously, he plays a Brighton, but that he went over the top. The goalie was giving it as well. The goalie, he was fucking niggling the whole game himself anyway. And was and was fucking dreadful. He was yeah. dreadful with his feet. He just couldn't get... He got harried so much and just could not handle it. He did. And and he was he was absolutely rattled. Like, he pushed he pushed MacArthur at a, at a corner where MacArthur was literally stood still. It probably expecting a reaction. And MacArthur just told him to, you know, F off and carried on with it. So, you know, they, they like you say, they, they charged up a, an atmosphere that was already very loud, very passionate, because it, it was a great atmosphere, I thought, on Monday. Um, and then, yeah, Dunk was giving it in the corner as well. It's like, 
so you know you're not going to do that and everyone's just going to put their hands up and say oh okay fair enough it's just a game it's not it's mm-hmm. not going to happen so you know i've got no sympathy with them whatsoever yeah no it's just uh, i i thought i think they bought it on themselves and i say i should definitely be a better human being and say that no the people who, who did this deserve to be banned or whatever no the fuck do they like the brighton players conducts needs to be looked at if anything because it if they got a winner and they'd been getting it off the crowd all game long, I'd be like, I'd, I'd probably be more okay with it. But you're celebrating a one-all draw like you've won yeah. a fucking cup final. You, st- you still haven't beaten us for five games, guys. So, <laughs> and um, Grand Potter like the interview after just absolutely it's an intimidate. It's an intimidating place. <laughs> Shittest mod ever. Like, get the, the fuck human, out of here, mate. Human wet tissue. That's what. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and of course Yannick Yannick Balassi was going after him on Twitter as well after the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean Yannick, for all intents and purposes, is a Palace player. You know, he can go to Portugal and Belgium and Turkey or wherever. He only ever really tweets about Palace, so we all know where his loyalties lie. Um, but yeah, he was like, you know, it's it's past your bedtime. You're celebrating a draw like you've won the league. Like, calm down. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um... Pretty ridiculous. Uh... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, and I'm not... It's, I don't want to feel like I'm saying they shouldn't have an aspect of lording it over us in some sense because they absolutely should. Like it, it's kind of like the reverse of the last Brighton game at Sellers, which we could actually attend mm. when they played us off the park for 75 minutes and were only one nil up, and then Zaha equalised. Um, it's kind, of, it's kind of similar sense to that where we was all saying that you played the best game you've ever played in your life, so you still couldn't beat us. Yeah. It's kind of the reverse because we were pretty freaking solid. I mean, there's, I think there's still some way to go for us for sure, um, especially still come when it comes to creating chances. We're still not creating loads. I think our conversion rate from shots on target is almost fifty percent, which is just ludicrous, really. So we need we need to be we we need that to come down. <laughs> we need that to be lower because we need to be having more shots on target is what we need. But um, which is a weird thing to say, but um, yeah, but it, like. Get you know, just get a winner. I, do, I just don't don't be doing that over a draw. I don't yeah, know. That, but I, they, I they, mean, yeah, they can celebrate. They can celebrate. I'm happy for them to celebrate, but I think they just went. They crossed all sorts of lines. Yeah, and like I say, I mean, they our smash and grab last year was brilliant because we were awful and we won the game. It didn't even beat us, so hmm. you know, and they didn't go top as a result, which is a fucking relief. So. And uh, and our striker who can't hit a fucking barn door scored a double nutmeg back heel. So <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the, the only thing he's done. 
<laughs> Does he even make the bench anymore? Is he? He's not even on the bench, is he? He's, or he's is on he on the bench on Monday? Oh right, okay. But I wonder if that was just a psychological. We're going to bring him on, so he's going to do it again. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there was the reason. The reasons why I love Twitter, and um, I've, I, I love it less than I used to. But um, still, some amazing moments happen. And there was this DJ Dixon ninety on Twitter. There's no point going to look for him because his account doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, he tweeted after the games, or the next day actually. He he went home. He thought about this, and at lunchtime the next day, tweeted: "Sellers Park is an absolute shithole. It's an absolute dive of a community. The stench is unbearable. The design is beyond tra- tragic. And Joseph Fritzl's conquest probably had a better view out of that room than we did. Imagine being proud to call that your home." And he's hashtag BHAFC and hashtag CPFC. Now, you can go after Sellers being a shithole all you like. Fine. If you, if that's not your thing, you're not into old school grounds, whatever. It's our shithole, don't care. Plenty of pali- um, non-Palace fans came to its defense and was like, we were talking about Sellers parts of class away day and like all posting pictures of the fucking disco we're given backstage, which <laughs> needs to stop. <laughs> It needs to be a shithole and stay a shithole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this ended up getting a little bit of traction, little, you know, people responding to it. And then someone uh, whose Twitter at escapes me now, I apologize, went off and somehow in his old tweets found tweets from this guy, two of them, saying, uh, cleverly Zaha Welbeck and Defoe should not be in the England squad. And that's coming from the Uni- a United fan. <laughs> and another tweet saying, as a United fan, I've got to admit I love watching Chelsea play <laughs> when they've got this conviction and confidence. Hashtag title challenges. Oh so this God. is a guy who's now in his profile, has got in his bio, has got hashtag Brighton and whatever, um, lording it up about Brighton getting an equaliser. And within the space of about a minute, someone found this and then someone found a whole heap of homophobic tweets that he had as, that he had as well. Um, which I mean, see, see his profile picture is a little bit of the lady doth protest too much. Methinks. Um, and then his account went private and then within, within minutes, his account was just completely gone. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Bloody hell. Um, and the next, with the the final thing that was the now in the coffin as well, which is why I think he deleted his account because he had who he works for in his bio, which is the worst thing you can do. And um, rookie mistake. And in in his bio it, uh, for the company he works for, it said their strapline is building and nurturing communities. And he's in there talking about how this community is a dive <laughs> and it stinks. Whoops! Whoops! Um, I, I mean, I didn't go as far as emailing his um, employer, but I know people did because they were talking about on Twitter. And to clear this up, what happened is not doxing because doxing is seeking out private information and sharing it. He published all this himself. <laughs> None of it was private information. He published this. He put it in the sphere. Of people just brought it to light. Well, don't don't call our community shit. Is the moral of that story, isn't it? How dare you talk about South Norwood this way? Exactly. Especially now especially now I live here. <laughs> Someone said, um, fuck me, you've got in two footed studs up. 
<laughs> I was like, he's a United, he's a United fan, a homophobic United and Brighton fan. I'd go him three footed if I could. <laughs> a, ho- a homophobic United and Brighton fan who has to say admit that they like watching Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> just stop, stop. You've done enough. Yeah. So anyway, let's uh, just do touch on the game for a couple of minutes. Mm. Um, good performance. I mean, I got home and I was a. Uh, I had it on record and was you know the, the, the final parts of the Sky coverage were on, and I was going to turn it off, but then um, Jamie Carragher and Thierry Henry were waxing lyrical about how well we played and deserved to win, so I le- left it on listened, and that was encouraging to hear. But good. as I said, just a little bit further up, still we need to create more chances for for what we had, particularly in the first hour of that game. We need mm. to we need to create more chances. Yeah, I think we need to be a bit more sort of direct to the box when we get in the final third. Um, we played some really nice stuff and we were our pressing was excellent for the vast majority of the game. And, and for a team like Brighton, who are supposedly so good on, on the ball and so good in possession, we made them look massively, massively jittery. Um, and it's just a shame that, and I, I'm sure Albert would absolutely love this comment if he were here but it's just a shame that the one real clear-cut chance we had with IU wasn't put away because it was such a good opportunity and you know the IU of two years ago scoring that without a without a shadow yeah. um well he's up to it I think he's one in 50 now he's closing yeah. in on isn't he you know and, and Vieira's mentioned it Vieira's mentioned it in in, in the press saying you know he he IU's not got as much confidence and it's up to the manager to help him get that confidence back. Um, certainly that miss won't help, but yeah, I think for the, for the majority of the game, we were very, very good. Um, we do need to have a bit more of a killer instinct, like you say, but I think mm. the more we get used to this type of play and then you, you know, you look at players like Ebbs coming in and, and Elise getting more game time. Hopefully that will sort of push us over the edge into it and, and, We'll, we'll see a, a few games where we really comfortably beat, beat teams because I think I think we're capable of it. We just need to. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I think that game was calling out for Eze. There was a lot, a lot yeah. of people around me were talking about it, just saying if Eze is in this game, it's over already uh, because he has that extra creativity. And I, th- I like what you say about getting it direct to the box more. Not all the time, but we just have it as an option to mix it up, yeah. which um, it's not was wasn't really there um, in that game. A lot of people pointed out, talked about the Christian Benteke substitution coming on. Do you think he was really that bad or are people being a bit harsh? Um, I was probably being quite harsh during the game because I was getting a bit frustrated. Um, I, I, like, I, I like Benteke. I mean, I've well, you and I have defended Benteke quite a lot on this pod. Um, I did think that the pressing... Yeah, the pressing of the team felt a little bit, but I, I certainly think Benteke didn't help that. And I know that it's not his game, but I think you just say to him, like, look how shit they are when you run at him. Just run at him, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what Edouard was doing. I don't think Edouard got much in terms of getting the ball, but his his work rate was, was excellent. Um, I do think it fell off a bit from the whole team, probably with the exception of Gallagher, because he's a robot. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was, I was a bit disappointed with Benteke, to be honest. Um, but then, look, if if we hadn't have messed up at the end, I mean, 
won the game one nil, I don't think that many people would have given a shit. So yeah, uh, I, I, I think there was an element that it was tactical anyway, and that the pressing had uh, fell off quite a lot because we were sitting deeper and just holding on because Brighton did come into the game more and more as it went on. It was annoying how many times we allowed him to get the ball into the box, to be honest, kept giving him loads of niggly free kicks. So I think I think Benteke was probably thrown on to just so we could go long and get the ball up to him first and then get him to try and hold it up. But he never really got close. And I mean, it's probably one of the worst centre-back pairings to do that for Benteke because Duncan and Duffy are both land of the Giants, you know, and it's... It's, it's, it's not like other centre-backs where you can dominate. These two are both really good in the air and can both really get up, particularly Dunk. So it's not easy pickings for him like it normally is. But yeah, he did. I mean, yeah, he just did not get up to the speed of the game. And I guess in a, in a, in a game of such high intensity, it's difficult to do that off the bench at times. And, uh, they're really tough. But <clears throat> I mean, so many ifs and buts with the last kick of the game where, if the referee doesn't give the free kick on greater where Zaha's already broken away and trying to dribble, yeah. we have a throw in deep in their half yeah. <laughs> and the game's over. If Greater just connects with the ball properly, the ref probably blows the full time whistle while the ball's yeah. in the air. Um, but um, I, don't, I don't know if you're like me, the moment it left Greater's foot, I knew that score. Yeah, I mean, one of my mates said after the game, he was like, for the entire game, we'd had both of our centre-backs in the six-yard box to take the ball from a goalie and a goal kick or a free kick. If we'd done that one more time and made Brighton like come 20 yards further up the pitch and then hoofed it, we would have won the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a bit like you. Obviously, the kick was terrible from Guaiter, but the sort of punt back up the pitch from the from the Brighton player just was perfect. You know, I, it was very, very well controlled. Yeah. I saw in the replay, I think Gay sort of ducks under it or stops a bit or mm. something. So obviously he's at fault there too, but yeah, the control of the pass was very good. And then, well, to be honest, my mate who I stand next to thumped me in the arm when they scored. So my, <laughs> my first concern was how much pain my arm was in, but um, yeah, it just gutting, really gutting to be honest. And, I don't think they deserved it, like we said, but it's just one of those, is it a concentration thing? Is it a, just a genuine error, you know, a genuine mistake? Who knows? It's just a shame it had to be this game it happened in. It's crazy going back through the years, it's just not just recent history, but all the way back, it's, so, it's a fixture with so many injury time goals or very late goals. Yep. I mean, they've done it three of the last four trips to sell us. They've scored late. Yep. Uh, behind closed doors, they got basically the same thing. 96th minute, wasn't it? Last kick of the game. Yep. Zaha mm-hmm. equalised very late against them in Sellers in the other one. Knockout got the late winner in the other one. Yeah. We've obviously got Ben Teke at their place last season. Got Joby McEnough back in the day in yeah. the 3 yeah, 2. Uh, the Paul McShane one we were talking about earlier, I seem to remember, was pretty late in the game as well. I'm sure that was like 83 84 or something like that. So, um, yeah, certainly a fixture that you've got to stay switched on to the end because it always seems like there's late goals in it. But, yeah. But yeah, but like with everything this season, I'm still, I'm still encouraged. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking the style. Even if we ended up on, the, if we end up with the same amount of points as we got last season, I'd much rather watch us getting those number of points like this than you know yeah. sitting back deep and not showing any ambition. Well, I think that was one of the things that 
a lot of people had gotten tired of with Roy, I certainly had, was just like, you know, the sort of tactics of like, just keep it tight and try not to concede. And then you concede and it was just more of the same. We're at, at least now I sort of think, well, we're in, we've, we've got a much better chance of, even if we concede of scoring, you look at West Ham, you know, we came straight back into it. So, yeah, it's just much more entertaining. And like you say, I think it's, it's only been, what, six or seven games, isn't it? So there's plenty of time for them to to get better and to understand the tactics more and, and all the rest of it. And like you say, get get players back from injury, get players like Will Hughes up to speed in the team, Elise. So positive, for sure. Well, I've seen people, old stalwart Palace fans who... Um... We're already talking about Anderson and Gay being our best ever partnership at the back. Uh, and these are people who would have died on the hill of um, Thorne. Thorn <laughs> yeah, Thorne and Young, exactly. So for them sort of people to be saying that kind of stuff about them is, you know, uh, yes, Gay shouldn't have ducked under that one and left it. I'm sure he had a reason. He probably thought he was going to carry through or something, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's one, one, one mistake in a, I suppose you've had an Anderson mistake at West Ham as well, but it's just, it's chalk and cheese compared to what we've had in the past. Just yeah. the way they can, they, they would have got into most of our midfields throughout our history, I think. Yeah. <laughs> when well, that's the thing, like talk, talking about how it's only been sort of six or seven games for them to look as comfortable as a pairing, not just, you know, in their own individual performances, but they look good together. They look like a strong partnership already that's really promising too. Um, we've just now got to hope that they're not as injury prone as all the, all the guys that have come before them. Cause then we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's a, again, the, the, the cautionary towels are always in the back of my mind. And it's just like, yeah. when I was thinking about it in the game, it's like, I wonder at what point one of these is going to get injured. <laughs> but hope, hopefully that won't be the case. Now moving into Leicester, they're, they're up against one of the, the toughest, one of the best Premier League strikers that there's been down the years, mm-hmm. um, particularly for scoring goals and loving to score against us as well. Uh, Jamie Vardy is obviously still spearheading the Leicester attack and he's got, they've scored seven times in the league this season. He's got five of them. So another tough afternoon keeping him out. Yeah, it will be. Um, that was obviously the one thing that we sort of know about Anderson is that he's not He's not the quickest. I think his positional plays is, is seems to be very good, so it obviously makes up for it a great deal. But would imagine that Gay sort of gets put looking after Vardy um, as much as as any one of them can. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know how good Vardy is, and and you know, looking at Leicester's form, even the result, even though the results haven't been great, they've been fairly unlucky in a lot of games. You and I were talking about before before we started recording, so. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. I think I'm not really, not really considering that they've lost a lot because uh, you know you look at their squad; it's, it's still very good. Um, and when you've got someone like Vardy, he does have that knack of just popping up, even if you're having a shit game, getting one one chance to run through and score. And so, yeah, it's going to be very tough looking after him as per. Now, it's going to be effectively other than the first game of the season, but if you take the first game of the season as away at the European Champions and then every game that followed, the team was either top or joint top or in Brighton's case, could have gone top with a win, would have gone top with a win. Yeah. This is the first time we're playing a team that is nowhere near the top of the league. <laughs> but, I mean, they've had a mixed start to the season, but 
of what you've seen of them, does it feel like it's a li- it, the results are not telling the whole the whole story? Yeah, I mean, I have I I haven't seen I've seen bits and pieces of them. I've watched like you know whole games, but certainly you look at like how many chances they're making. They're still making quite a few. Um, they're still having a lot of the ball. Uh, like we talked about last week against against Brighton, they had perfectly you know good goals disallowed. Um, so I know football's a lot of ifs and buts, but it does sort of seem like they're not quite as bad as just looking at a table or looking at the results would lead you to believe. Yeah. Well, as you said, look at the Burnley game last week. It's a very unfortunate own goal for the first one that they can see. Jamie Vardy putting a good ball in both nets and uh, a stunning volley at the back post from Cornet. Is it Cornet? Cornet? Cornet, yeah. Cornet, yeah. <laughs> a brilliant volley from him. And then and then walks off injured a few a few minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like people are thinking that Leicester all off sort of form. And, again, I think, you know, on the night of recording here, they've lost away at Legia Warsaw. They've lost 1-0, but, again, they've dominated the game with a mixed first team and reserve team and... I mean, I've only looked at the stats, I haven't watched it, but you've got to imagine with the amount of shots they had on target in this game, they probably probably should have scored a goal. So I I, I don't think we should be going in there with, a, oh, like Leicester are going to be easy pickings because that's certainly not going to be the case. But it's going to be a, another good test to see where, where we're at um, with the progress we're making under Vieira. Now, we're winless in four against them after doing the double against them in the 18-19 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was that? Was that the four? Was that four one and it wasn't the five nil? Was it? It was the no, we won four one at our place. Yeah. One nil, yeah. I think at home. Yes. So we haven't got uh, Albert's magic dice this week. Oh to, no! I don't. To, even, I don't think I own any <laughs> dice. To... <laughs> so it's just we'll just have to go with your prediction from your brain. Um. Well, seeing as I've been positive and wholesome, I will. I'm not going to go too positive. I'm not going to say we're going to win, but I think we'll get a one-all. Mm. I think a come-from-behind draw, I think we'll go one-nil down and equalise. Mm. Interesting. I mean, I think Leicester have been... Uh, their game's all over the place a bit this season. They take the lead, they go behind, they equalise or vice versa. They're sort of, they can't hold on to a lead, but also good at coming from behind. So I'll go over 2-2. Um, I think I think you're right. I think a score draw is probably where we're going to be about. Um, if we can find a way to beat them, great. Um, but alas, it will be in my absence. I won't be at the game. What an oh, absolute man. shocker. I know. Um, took a gamble, but well, we did. We didn't actually. We booked a holiday a, a while back, and it's one of those ones that has been COVID cancelled several times, and it's just ended up being now. So, um, and I need it. I need a holiday. Well, so. <laughs> I would say I have to give a quick shout out. Sort of thinking about that, we have um, a mate of mine finally got a, a Palace season ticket. He's wanted it for a few years. Then we had obviously the, the sort of lockdown where no one went, and then he finally got a season ticket, and then did his knee in so had to have surgery and couldn't do the first couple of games um and i said well we've we've yet to concede a goal at home and his first game was obviously at brighton uh so it's his fault fault (laughs) that goal in um but he is also missing the game on uh sunday so if we win with a clean sheet then it's never uh, coming again i'm calling you out alex kelleher you're never coming back (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, talking of injuries there, uh, the extent of Connor Wickham's has been revealed. Poor and he's had to have surgery on his hamstring. Unbelievable. Guy's got no luck. Um, but there you go. So, uh, speedy recovery. Oh, I don't care anymore. We paid you enough money, mate. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the delights of Preston North End will keep him occupied. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, we've got a week off now. Um, international break coming up and then the following week it's not the weekend is it's a monday night against arsenal which i'm in your party of seven for this one you are thank you for buying my ticket you are more than welcome i I mean i did pay i did pay you for the ticket yes you did (laughs) thank you for getting me in with your gang Uh, um i don't know if you've got the short straw and will be stood next to me guarantee you it won't be my wife stood next to me because she has enough of me most days Um, (laughs) so you might get shoved next to me mate wait i I haven't um the guy who called me a c unit that time isn't there is he (laughs) no he's not (laughs) but he is he is obviously waiting to see you again at some point (laughs) i've seen him since (laughs) uh good that's all right then and uh is miserable dave one of them uh, uh no he isn't oh wow you have many palace supporting friends listen i'm a very popular guy mate <laughs> i cannot confirm nor deny whether they have paid me for the tickets or whether i have to pay them to hang out with me that's a story for another time <laughs> well if that's the case i want my 30 quid back <laughs> but yep yeah, so week off for us uh obviously listen out for the match report this weekend from hambo and the crew um head over to youtube.com forward slash back of the nest to see all the interesting stuff dr's doing over there uh got some videos from the stands this week uh, none of that filming his own face just you know just filming a bit of the atmosphere what it's like um and yeah palace focus will be on on tuesday i believe so keep an eye out for that and then we'll be back in two weeks time normal slot i imagine or maybe it might slip to the thursday because it's a monday night game try and keep it as relevant as possible but thanks for listening thank you for albert uh not being on because yeah great uh, we really enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) and until next time up the palace It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.